This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Now in our fifth season looking into the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club from the 99-2000 season. I'm Richard Woodward and this is our look back on the two playoff semi-final games against Bolton and joining me to discuss them, ITFC Academy expert Joe Fares and Boo Millennial, Boo Millennial? we go with that, Boo Millennial, Millennial <laughs> critic, outspoken member of the pod team, Mikey Penty-Smith. Gentlemen, how are you doing? I'm, I've, I didn't even practice it, Mikey. Boomenial? Yeah, that, that's uh, that's the term that uh, Benjamin Boomer has uh, given given me recently. <laughs> We've merged Boomer and Millennial. How are you doing, Mikey? You all right? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, I can't, I can't complain. And Joe, how's um, how's hashtag lockdown treating you? The clippers have come out. Is this yeah, a no, cry it's... for help or is this just a necessity now? I just... I needed a haircut for about the last three weeks before lockdown, and then I just gave up, so I just got Emma to shave it. And yes. it's, like I say, lockdown. I see all these stories about all these people catching up on series and books and doing things where I'm just chasing two kids around the house all day. So we're grateful bring, that bring back work. Yeah, well you've, we're grateful that you've got down off the slide, Joe, and, and can give some time to talk about the playoff games. Um, we've got um, – so the, I think the plan is um, – Dave um, and Ben did a great job of taking us all the way through the 99-2000 season. The 20th anniversary, by the way. We're not just scrabbling around for content. Or are we scrabbling around for content? Maybe a little bit of both, as Dave likes to say. A bit of both. Um, so um, so let's, let's rewind the clock 20 years, Joe. Um, how old are you and where can we find you back in um, the May of 2000? Well, the, um, the Walsall game was my 15th birthday so i was going down there in great great hope that we'd get promoted on my birthday and for for a while it looked like we did once ashley ward had put blackburn ahead and i remember the atmosphere that day was just went from sort of the absolute highs to sort of one of the flattest atmospheres you can imagine road once we knew we were going back in the playoffs and and it was just that i don't know just the panic that we're going to lose again for the fourth year in a row when you see the run that bolton were on and then, like I say, we we went we we went away there, and when we're two 0 down, spoiler alert, that's how it went. That you just thought this is happening again. Yeah, 
fourth season in a row in the playoffs. Mikey, were you born yet? <laughs> That's a compliment. Good. That's a compliment. Um, yeah, yeah, thanks, Rich. Um, so, yeah, I would have been in year four. Um, I was eight years old when the playoffs started, and uh, I turned nine the day before the playoff final. Um, and, yeah, I would have been getting myself ready for all the summer's football tournaments for Woodbridge Youths. They were great days. Oh, what, what position? Still a fullback back then, or? <laughs> yeah, quite tragically, yeah. I oh, was well. a fullback then, and I'm still no, a fullback yeah. now. Got As no Jamie Carragher says, no one grows up wanting to be Gary Neville. Apart <laughs> <laughs> no. from Mikey Penty Smith. Good. Well, I'm. I'm well, a, I, I grew up wanting to be Mauricio Tarico. So, that is, yeah, fine. And Herman Horidison. So. Or Gary Croft, yeah. Apart from the. <laughs> or, or Gary uh, Croft, of course. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm a, a year older than Joe. I know you can't tell by looking at us, but. Um, with my isolation beard that, and, that and paper around in Baghdad was yeah. pretty tough on you. <laughs> yeah, living in the Midlands for over a decade does it to you. Um, so yeah, I've, I'm revising for my GCSEs as this goes on. Um, and um, yeah, Sunday 14th of May, gents. We are. Um, I was watching this on the telly at mate's house. I assume you guys were in similar situations, or did you? Did either of you go? Did you, I'm looking to Joe. Did you go to this one? No, no, I, I, I was watching this on the telly at my house with a mate's round. It's about 4,000 Ipswich fans there today on, the, on that day. I think it was quite a big away of following, as you'd expect. Um, a bit pieces of context for you guys. I've mentioned it already. Fourth season in a row where Ipswich are finished in the playoffs. Second in season in a row where Bolton had been the opponent. But Bolton only scraped into the playoffs on the last day. Huddersfield, who we mentioned in the 99-2000 shows with Ben and Dave, had been on a shocking run since they sold Marcus Stewart. And they lost 3-0 on the last day to Fulham. And Bolton beat Norwich 1-0 to get sixth spot. So they only snuck it on the last day. We've got Sam Allardyce in the home dugout with a little bit of a rat boy tash i want to call it i was going to call it something else there but that season bolton got into the two into two cup semi-finals as well they um lost in the fa cup semi-final they lost to Tranmere in the worthington cup that was the year leicester won it so bolton certainly on as joe mentioned on a good run ipswich ended up third two points off second um 11 points off bolton um in six it was 10 points the season before um but no away goals this year um and actually, interesting, it might have been helpful this time around. But anyway, um, let me give you the teams and you can, can kind of give me your sense on um, on on these lineups. I'll start with Bolton because I think there's there's some big names here, guys, particularly um, up front. A real Nordic flavour. There's, there's always team, was, wasn't there? there? Yeah. Um, Jaskalainen and goal. I think it's a 4-4-2 at this point. It changes for the second leg due to injury. Um, Goodney Bergson, Mark Fish... Paul Ritchie and Mike Whitlow is quite a snarling back four. Michael Johansson, kind of a nippy winger. Klaus Jensen, um, central midfielder, with I think Paul Warhurst and Alan Johnston on loan from Sunderland out on wide positions. And Dean Holdsworth, nemesis Dean Holdsworth, but Ida Good Johnson up front for Bolton. What a player. Um, that's quite a, a team, isn't it, guys? There, quite a lot of pedigree. Yeah. Some real yeah, players. And unusually especially. for it. Unusually for a team that had made it to uh, the latter stages of cup competitions, they'd actually ended the season. That was their best run in the run of the season. They they only lost one of the last thirteen, and they won nine of them. Mm. Um, and Idiga Johnson was in good goal scoring form as well. Um, yeah. And obviously we we'd lost against them the year before, where they 
they weren't in such good form. So I don't know about you guys, but I was thinking, here we go again. It's quite a physical team, Joe, as well. I mean, we're going to talk about Mike Whitlow quite a lot, but Fish is a is a tall, dominating opponent. Paul Warhurst is a bit of a... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Is schooled in the dark Donkey. arts? Donkey. Warhorse. <laughs> War, Warhurst, yeah. Um, that's, so, so, and there's, they've also got a new manager this year, haven't they? Because it was Colin Todd yeah. the year before and Allardyce had come in, I think sort of in the October. Yeah, he did. Sort of really turned their season around. So, so a team was... not afraid to mix it up. Again, if I'm going to use the cliches. But with good footballers in there as well. Yeah. Mm. Klaus Jensen, Good Johnson, Johnson, yep. Johansson. Yep. Yeah, um, there's a, diff- a different people as well. By the way. Yeah, and the keeper's decent as well. Yeah, so the Ipswich team is a three-five-two for Ipswich, or a three-four-one-two. Um, right in goal, um, Fetty comes back in as centre back, perhaps as a response to Bolton's strike line. Mowbray and Venus, the other um, defenders, making the back three. Clapham and Vilnius either side of them, with Magilton and Holland as always in central midfield. Skokoff's in the team. I think he's just withdrawn between. Um, the strikers in the midfield, and it's Johnson and Stewart. Marcus Stewart, having reappeared, resurfaced for the Walsall game, um, starts for this one on the bench. Nothing of note apart from um, Martin Reusser. Um And Gary Croft is on the bench as well, Mikey. Um, um, more of the bench in a second as well. Let's let's get into it, guys. Feel free to stop me as we go as well, because um, there is plenty of incident in, in this one. Um, Ipswich need to take the lead in this as well. It's Johnson is in straight away. Um, and Yaskalainen makes the save, and Stewart has a bit of a shank, um, missing the loose ball on the edge of the box. But, five minutes, guys, and as Joey said, the worst is going to happen here. It's a set-piece, simple set-piece. Um, Klaus Jensen is who swings it in, and Holdsworth gets up above a crowd of defenders, and it's 1-0. Um, and, guys, you're feeling, Joe, you're feeling um, same old, same old. Five minutes. Yeah. There's no time at all, is it? So early, isn't it? And. I, I haven't watched the goals back in great detail. I've seen ours back hundreds of times, but you watch it back yesterday, and Wilness on the post is just asleep, really, isn't he? He's sort of, it does go that, yeah, right in post. He's yeah. hugging the post, and the ball's sort of coming in from the other side. He doesn't react and sort of face up to where the ball comes from. So it just uh, maybe that was part of the reason why he didn't play the second leg or the final after this. Yeah. I just noticed that. But, yeah, that, that sinking feeling when that went in and – Sort of, you knew that they were strong at set pieces. Holdsworth had scored against us earlier in the season, mm. and he'd score against us again. He's becoming a bit of a nemesis, and he, Mikey. What was your? Uh, I'm going to ask this as we go along, but let's have it now. He kind of, I hated Holdsworth. I really, I couldn't appreciate how good he was because you watch these highlights back, and Ben's mentioned it as well. Excellent player at this level, dropped down to class, yeah. but he was a real ass, wasn't he? I hated him. Mm. Yeah, well, uh, I, I didn't hate him yet. That that was that was, was to, come to come a little bit later. Um, obviously, he scored in the the game at the Reebok earlier on in the season, hadn't he? And yeah, it was it was a really good bit of movement because he gets above Mowbray, which is no mean feat. And I think Mowbray, I think that's when he took a bang. No, it's uh, a little bit after. Head. So, so I think there, I do think there's a little bit of a, a clash there. But a few minutes yeah. later, there's a there's a, a long ball forward just outside the Ipswich area. Holsworth sticks his arm okay. up to try and win the ball and sticks a hand into the face of Mowbray and that's how he gets oh, the black okay. eye. He gets a, a and and I think he's I think he meant, means it. And Tony Jones, the commentator, is also pretty adamant that he thinks it's deliberate as well. It's it's a you know, he doesn't need to stick his arm out as far as he does, but maybe he knows what he's doing, maybe he's not. He looks very Brilliant. kind of innocent. 
But he gets I don't a... think he played for Wimbledon for all those years without no. some of the dark arts. Exactly right. And and you're right, Mikey. It's it's enough to, to daze Mowbray, certainly, and he stays on for a bit. And 26th minute, guys, um, it's Alan Johnston <laughs> down the left-hand side. He kind of jinxes his way into the penalty area. Cuts the ball back to the edge of the area. Johnson does great here. I mean, he's patient. Oh, he's plays brilliant. the defenders who are all at sixes and sevens, really. And suddenly, he finds himself with a corridor to Richard Wright's goal and threads a shot, a low shot, firm shot, straight into the bottom corner. But Mowbray is the marker. Mowbray is the man who is caught off guard by the drop of the shoulder. Yeah, here. and and Fettis as well. And yeah, Fettis, two yeah. of them got sent got sent for a hot dog. Like statues, <laughs> Um, and a real ankle breaker from Johnson and a class finish. I mean, we we bang on about how good our goals were in that game, but that strike from Johnson was absolutely brilliant as well. Mm. Um, and and Mogga is is subbed after that almost straight away. Um, and two 0 Joe is from bad to worse. We're not even halfway through. Well, twenty sixth minute. And it feels like game yeah, over already, doesn't I it? I remember, I can't, I can't remember when it happened, but I remember like Manuel Fettis almost getting caught out in his own six-yard box yeah. as well and hammering a clearance into someone and you're thinking, it's Mowbray's out, again. Fettis is on. He's, he, like I said, I watched the highlights of the whole season back yesterday and it's like, there's so many penalties he gives away and own goals and it's just like, he he was just an absolute donkey, wasn't he, for a, <laughs> for a lot of it. Like He obviously had his... Sites. And I was listening back to sort of one of the, I think the David Johnson podcast, and they just said he just didn't speak English, so he just couldn't communicate with anyone. And it was just, like I say, him at the back, once Mowbray went off, 2-0 down, and that was just like, oh, God, we are out of this. It did feel like a sucker punch to the chest straight away. And it's it's Wayne Brown that comes on for Mogger. Um, and, and not, not too um, <clears throat> long after that, um, David Johnson is going to go off injured as well. He's, it's, again, it's kind of one of these 50-50s where it looks like there's a little bit of needle, a little bit of afters in there. It's Mark Fish who's jumping for yeah, the ball with Johnson. Yeah, future cult hero. <laughs> Him of the 45-minute single appearance for Ipswich, yeah. Um, but he, I think there's a foul going for the ball. They're both jumping for a ball in the bottom penalty area but fish not only fouls him in the air i think also lands on him as well and yeah think... he goes right over the top of him doesn't he and lands yeah. right on his back and it's it looks like a neck injury or a collarbone injury he goes on for a bit longer Jono, but um Royce has to come on and, and substitute for him and i mean this is two key players we talked about johnson's goals on this pro on on the pod a lot but that was a real, you know, as I said, it's a gut punch, not a sucker punch, really, isn't it? Two of your best players, Mogos, marshalling a defence that's got errors in it with Thetty, as Joe has mentioned. And now Stewart is out of form at this point, let's not forget. Um, it's not looking good for us, is it? And they keep showing the bench, and it's Burley sort of standing there looking almost shell-shocked. And you see sort of David Johnson and Tony Mowbray sitting on the bench behind him. And I just remember the cameras keep going across <laughs> to that bench and thinking, God... Not again. Yeah. But <laughs> Mowbray looks like a boxer oh, that's uh, yeah, he's... had the towel thrown in, doesn't he? He does. He's in absolute bits on that bench. Dazed and confused. And and this is the moment, guys, where this is the first time I can recall jumping up and down like a crazy person watching football on the TV. Um, I'll give you the commentary by Tony Jones because it's quite important. Um, Richard Wright punts a long ball up the pitch and Tony Jones goes, and to compound it all, Marcus Stewart is now limping. Um, but a few seconds later, um, this is one of my favourite Ipswich Town goals. I'm not going to say it's the favourite, um, but what about this? Matt Holland, little jinking, little knock-up, tee-up. And does Stuart point for this, guys? 
I think he points where he wants the ball, and Matt Holland mm. puts it there. And what if, what about the goal? Who someone needs to describe the goal? I'm going well, to give I, the honour to I had, Joe. I had a brilliant angle on this in that I basically ruined the goal for myself, but totally ruined it for my couple of mates I had round because <laughs> right. this was back in the time where Sky Sports had player cam. Oh no! Nice. <laughs> but. <laughs> I had player cam on for no reason at all, but of Marcus Stewart. So I was watching it and I could see the ball fly in. And oh, not the I'd fan cam. The, the, no, the player cam. Oh, yes. Yeah, so they just filmed a single player. Yeah, yeah. Pitch, effectively. So yeah, yeah. I was just following Marcus Stewart around for no reason because it was a new bit of technology annoying my friends that were there. And then he scored and no one really knew what happened apart from me. So it was one of those. But yeah, like I say, Holland just tees the ball up for him. And he just lets it drop over his shoulder and hits it first time. And Jessica Lyon is sort of. Gets a hand. It's like he doesn't know where to dive for it and he sort of ends up trying to palm across and it just goes right in the top corner. It's just, you sort of see from the celebrations, they, the whole team is straight over to the bench and it's like, right, we've now got a chance for this game now. Even if we would just keep it to 2-1, I think, at that point, I think yeah, yeah. most FC fans would have been happy to come away like that. Well, we, st- we, we kept playing, didn't we, Mikey? I mean, this is, I mean, the goal comes at a really good time because if Bolton get a third, you kind of feel like the playoff ties are over straight away so as always this this third goal going to Ipswich but the fact it's you know Marcus Stewart as well the pressure is on him because Jono's just gone off who's the top scorer um but he hasn't scored for eight games yeah exactly right it's 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 pivotal for lots of different reasons isn't it yeah yeah I mean we if you listen back to uh Dave and Ben's podcast they talked about the the importance of momentum and the timing of that goal was just absolutely perfect because it was just when we were starting to give up hope a little bit and mm. the quality of the goal as well. It just it must have been so inspiring for the for the other players that are out there knowing that they had that £2.5 million striker up front and that he was actually back, back to his best because mm. they, hadn't, they hadn't seen that for a while. And we rarely score goals like that either. That was a really un-Ipswich goal of someone... Mm. Just taking a punt. It, the, in the post-match interview, he says it's a lucky shot, Stuart. Um, I don't know. I think he means it, and and it's lucky in that it's physics and gravity and all that kind of stuff. But I think he exactly knows what he's doing, and I like to think he points to Holland where to put it as well. And yeah, really big moment. And there's also this kind of Matt Holland to Burley moment, like Lineker to Bobby Robson in 1990 when Gaza gets booked. In the semi-final, he kind of looks at him and gets instructions. And I always remember that moment as well as quite of an interesting moment. Um, the rest of the, the kind of first half plays out with little incident, but Ipswich are buoyed by that. And second half starts. Stewart has got is is uh, I think it's a, an absolute sitter. It's a sitter, isn't it? Scoey uh, heads the ball back over. I can't. It's a long ball from that left, which makes me think must be Venus. Yeah, it's Venus or Clapham. Yeah, almost it. certainly Venus. And Scoey's headed back and Stuart is in complete acres and does he lean back Mikey Joe is, is this yeah it's on his right foot isn't it as well rather than his left and so he and he just skies it really it's only about eight yards out isn't it and it's... yeah mm. no, right in front of the away support as well yeah um, I mean a, a difficult a difficult chance for a lot of strikers like a weaker foot half volley yeah but but for Mar- Marcus Stewart yeah, you would have expected him to at least hit the target there. Could have taken a touch, perhaps. Um, mm. There's a few sights for Bolton. And uh, there's chances. And this is an end-to-end game. Watching back the highlights, you know, we go direct at times as well, Venus, and, and that will help us in the second leg as well. Um, but it's an end-to-end game. Really frenetic stuff. Um, 
and um, yeah, guys, we're going to equalise partway through the second half. Um, Clapham and Royce, this oh, Clapham plays the ball with the outside of his boot. He prods it through to Royce and takes out two Bolton players. Royce is in. Stewart is on his right, and this is an iconic. I said the Stewart goal before was good, but this is the better goal, isn't it, Mikey? This is just poetry, isn't it? Talk us through this. Yeah, it's, it's your... beautiful. And the, and the thing is, as, as an eight-year-old watching it on the telly, I didn't really appreciate just how good it was because you, you, it's only really the ones that are from way out that you really admire as brilliant goals. But as I've got older, I've started to appreciate it more and more and more. And it's one of my favourite Ipswich goals. So it, it's a really nice exchange between Martin Royster and Jamie Clapham, who weren't on the pitch together that often, I don't mm. think. Um, because of the position that um, Royce plays, and it's a two-on run, two-on-one, two, two on and usually you'd expect Royce to just start running towards the goal, but he plays the plays the perfect pass out to Marcus Stewart, who then does his usual, gives the keeper the eyes, sits Yaskalainen down, but takes it wide onto his right foot, and then just like Johnson did to the Ipswich defenders, he takes that perfect touch back onto his left foot, and the Bolton players sort of all of their momentum takes them to one post. And he just bends it into the other corner, right into the side netting. And and if you pause it, as I did when I was watching this back, if you pause it at the moment that he hits it, it's pretty much the only part of the goal where you could be guaranteed that it would go in. And it was just, it's just beautiful, wasn't it? He's got two defenders and the keeper, who I think he beats twice mm. in this move. Joe, yeah. at the time, are you shouting, shoot? Shoot, shoot, shoot. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, also, the, because he's left-footed, it's sort of not the best chance for him because when he goes in if it's a right foot you, you don't even need to take it around the keeper you've just got a clear shot because it's quite an easy angle he was coming at and it's just like just hit it and then he goes and then he sort of goes and it's just it seemed to like time seemed to stand still it felt like for an eternity when it went in and just when you like I, I can't imagine what it was like in the ground for the fans there just the sort of gasp for airs that would have been going round. but it was just it just seemed to stand still and then just when that hit the back of the net just the Elation was unbelievable. Yeah, and there's absolute scenes, as the kids say. Bit of, bit of a, in bit, the end. bit of a cameo behind Joe there for those watching on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure whether when, when I edit it together that will be seen. So we'll just put just <laughs> chuck Joe under the bus there, and hello to Mrs. Joe if that was her in the background. Um, yeah, but but yeah, just just a quick comment on this, Rich. There's no better feeling as a football fan than a really good, important goal in front of the away end. Is there? Mm. <laughs> the, they all celebrate with the fans, don't they? 600 Ipswich fans. Stuart jumps the boardings and gets up to celebrate with the fans, and all the fans come running down. And at that moment, I think we were starting to think, yeah, we get, we're going to do this. It's going to be all right. Get them back to Portman Road. We'll be fine. Yeah, it's easy, plain sailing straight. The thing I remember from the TV footage of this one as well, um, and uh, God rest him, is, is Dale Roberts goes up he has this moment where oh, he allows okay. himself to go totally crazy and then reins it back in i, I always love that moment he kind of yeah brilliant yeah i love that bit um and ipswich are the dominant team towards the end with no mowbray no johnson back from two goals down royce has a chance and this is a great chance on the edge of the area gets his head over the ball and volleys it it just clips the kind of bit on the top of the net um royce gets a corner in that clips over the top as well um but guys, it kind of felt like we'd watched three matches in one there, kind of all kinds of incident. But full time, two all. Marcus Stewart with both 
iconic goals of recent times, aren't they? I don't think that's an understatement. And your feeling presumably is the second leg is ours, is it? Job done almost. Not not for the tie, but for the away leg, certainly. Job done. Hmm. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And Mikey, your your record? Yeah, well, well, I think my overriding feeling at the time um, was my first ever away game was the away leg at Bolton the previous season. <laughs> Bloody hell, didn't we go to this one? <laughs> Picked the wrong one. But yeah, I was I so confident now after after 2-2 away at Bolton. So confident going into the second leg. Mm. Um, let's, um, let's move it three days forward. Um, I just, going, I remember being knackered watching that as well. I remember, because mid, it was a midday kickoff, a 12.30 kickoff. And so you're, you're done after about two, three o'clock. And I remember just being absolutely knackered for the rest of the day. It was quite an emotional... I can't imagine what it was like being there. But, um, yeah, well, that is is the, the next game going to top it, guys. Because there is something to be said, and I've not experienced this at Ipswich, part maybe for the Norwich playoff match, when there is an important game at Portman Road in the evening, there is like this buzz or aura around Portman Road, isn't there? There's like... Ta- you can, it's almost tangible how you can feel the anticipation of the match. And... That night was no different. It was probably the, my heart was beating the most it's ever done in a football match because you kind of felt this could be our year, and all kinds of narrative going around it. What were your Joe? What was your sense going into this one? Can you remember the walk to well, I'd, the road? Um, I'd made a stupid decision because basically I'd, I'd worked out sort of a couple of years earlier that um, when the school does a theatre trip to London you can just sign up to go on and you, and you get the day off school. So the day of the Bolton game, I was going to London on a school trip. No so <laughs> having to get back and I sort of turned up for the, for it in like Ipswich shirt, flag, 
wig <laughs> for the back, which I don't think was particularly impressive. Obviously, Rich knows where we went to school, and it wasn't sort of the, the done thing to turn up like that. I and know. Um, I know a couple of our teachers yeah. would have wanted to go. So. Yeah, where, where was, yeah, well, where was this top hat? Yeah, so we ended up. Um, I didn't get back into it. The game had started because of there was so much traffic, and um, I ended up getting dropped off at the top of like Alderman Road. You know, we can cut through down there with Mr. Goodhand and another guy. <laughs> we jumped off the bus and ran down there and another teacher who had a season ticket had to go all the way back up to the school to let the other kids off before no way. Mr. Burnett, that was had to go back up to the school and come down and come down so he must have missed most of the first half but um yeah so that was not the best bit of planning for me and I got in we'd just gone one nil down as I got off the bus so I I got in there just after that I can't believe they didn't cancel it knowing that it was those teachers involved but Anyway, so Mikey, can you remember your walk to the ground or did you have some, you know, theatre plans beforehand? <laughs> no, I, I, I must have been at school that day and probably not being able to think about anything else. But when, when, you're, when you're that age, even though I'd witnessed what had happened the year before with Bolton and also the Charlton games as well, I, I was too young for the Sheffield United ones. You always feel like it's going to be all right and... <laughs> I and I would have probably have just been so confident walking to the ground thinking we're we're better than them we finished third and yeah probably left it to my mum and dad to be nervous wrecks going to that one I think it's worth also saying that it's Birmingham and Barnsley in the other playoff semi-final I think Birmingham won their game um, Barnsley won the game 4-0 I think in the first leg or something stupid yeah, like that ended the tie them, yeah. and, and I think given our record against Birmingham in recent years, I think that was more of a fearsome, having beaten Barnsley 6-0 or whatever it was earlier in the season as well, and 2-0 away, they yeah. weren't a, a fearsome opposition, were they? So, well, well, Barnsley were a side that we that, that tried to play football, and I, anyone that tried to play football, I'd always back us against, but Barnsley were a footballing side, whereas the teams we struggled against, Birmingham, oh, Bolton, Sheffield United, yeah. Wolves, those teams that were big teams that bullied us, and it's, it happened to us too often in those years that we always got bullied by those teams. And sort of when you saw Barnsley waiting for us in the final, we'd beaten them. Well, I think we'd beaten them twice that year, quite handily once as well. And yeah. I, did, I, didn't have any, I didn't have any fear of of Barnsley at all. Mm. And I think that adds to the kind of sense of pressure. occasion here, or what have you. But um, going into the match, Allardyce, I'm going to give you plenty of Sam Allardyce quotes, by the way before and after this match. Um, I hope that going into the playoff scenario for the fourth time on the trot will weigh down on the players mentally so we can capitalise on that, said Big Sam before the game. Um, and to your point, Joe, it seems to me that the tactic on this night is to bully Ipswich off the pitch. Um, you mentioned it already. There's a, there's a big kind of um, disappointment for them. Idaho Johnson's not fit, doesn't travel. But Johnson and Mogger are fit three days in between. I don't think Mowbray would be allowed to do that now, would he? Concussion or what have you? He probably doesn't play. I don't does know he? if it was concussion or whether he just had He's a. He's got a black eye, certainly. Yeah, but but also Wayne Brown didn't he came in for Manuel Fetis, so mm. he'd he'd come on and played sort of sixty minutes in the in the first leg, and Manu after trying to dribble his way out of his own six yard box had been dropped. Yeah, so it's two changes of Wayne Brown and um, you've already mentioned as well before Gary Croft comes in for Fabian Vilnius. Um, Bolton, I think this is more of a 4-3-3 now with Johnson missing out or 4-5-1. Um, same back four. Um, Jensen Warhurst. Well, well, did, sorry, Rich, did Johnson get injured 
leading up to this game i'm not sure i don't know what happens he yeah. just he i i'm I trying to find out and it just said he didn't travel mm. and that's all i could find out yeah he, mu- he must he must have been injured but so oh, it yeah. turned out that 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 was his last game for bolton mm. well he's not on the bench so he doesn't even yeah make the trip down to Portman road but um a massive yeah boost for switch um it's um, Elliot who comes in for him effectively, and um, Johansson and Johnston kind of push up to be um, around Holdsworth, who's the one man up front. And the referee is one Barry Knight from Orpington. Um, more on him as we go. The first minute, I, I, this isn't relevant in the grand scheme of things, but it's important to build the narrative. Um, Paul Warhurst absolutely clatters Scoey in the first minute. It's a town free kick from the kickoff, basically, um, as Warhurst, go, Warhurst goes in. and I think Bolton, this was a tactic, Joe, that they were going to do from the off. They were going to get in our faces yep. and kick us off the pitch, weren't they? Yep. And they were just... It was almost one of the most... Because they were a good side as well. I think that was the problem. They were a good side. And I, I just thought that they... I thought the game plan was an absolute disgrace from Allardyce. And for all his whinging after the game, I thought they were... For, for a good side to put in a performance like that, I thought was disgusting, really. And they got their just desserts. Mm. Um Again, in the, as in the previous game, Johnson is in and has a chance early on, forces Yaskalain to tip around the post. Um, this was a weird moment as well. Um, Wayne Brown has a slip just inside his own half, and Johansson oh, yeah. tries to lob Richard Wright from 50 yards. He's way off his line. Yeah. Um, it was kind of heart-and-mouth stuff straight on, Mikey, wasn't it? There's plenty of yes. to action, yeah. but that was a weird well, It lands one. on the roof of the net, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, just on the roof of the net. I remember feeling so scared when he hit that because and that that was uh Johansson's turned out to be his last ever game for Bolton as well um because there was a bit of talk before how he he wanted his last game to be at Wembley rather than at Portman Road and yeah he started the game on fire yeah um and six minutes in guys a similar time to the the goal going in at the Reebok um Bolton are going to take the lead Johansson it is who pumps in a high cross um, let's have the deba- we're going to have debates for all of these decisions so we might as well start as we mean to go on um, Robbie Elliott jumps at Richard Wright who kind of spills the cross as he's trying to gather it and Holdsworth's um, jolly on the spot and kind of toe pokes it uh, prods it in to an empty net um, what does the um, VAR panel think on this one is it a foul on Richard Wright yes or no there's three of us as yes. well by the way so we're going to have a majority yes should we talk through we haven't mentioned where were we sat in the stadium yeah, for this game yeah, so I'm I'm so in the I south was... stand behind the goal. I'm in okay. Sort of, you know where the sky box is, that sort of area in the family enclosure in the middle tier of the pioneer stand, as it was. Okay. So Sorry, yes, I'm I was church, to the right, to, sort of towards the churchman's end. Yeah. yeah. Got my okay. So I was I was in the what was then known as the Britannia stand, um, up upper tier, but near the front, on the edge of the penalty area. Uh, to the north, oh, the north stand. stand okay. So yeah, at this point, I was at this point I was on the bus looking at. Oh yeah, so we can't. To yeah. Radio oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to say this now. I was desperate to see the referee give that as a foul, and looking back, and we were all adamant that it was a foul. Yeah. Looking back now, it wasn't a foul. He's just uh, Richard Wright. I think, I think it's not... foul. I think it's a foul. I think Richard Wright should do better and he should be stronger. But when you look at it back, the is it Elliot? His his arm is is in between Wright's head and his arm, so he is putting pressure on his shoulder effectively. And that's the fact he can't touch, to really the touch him. Though. No, but if, like I said, when you look when you look at it back, the arm is in there, and it does 
pull Wright's arm down a little bit. So, like I say, the way that goalkeepers are protected, it's, it's mad that it wasn't allowed. Yeah. It happened right. in the first game talk- that Wright gets bullied into the net as well. Someone yeah. jumps should, we, should we talk about the celebration? To, uh, remind me, Mikey, I, could, I, I didn't note this one down. What is, is he, okay, does so he just yeah, do this, that? This is... No, he, he really cups his ear. Oh, yeah. Um, I, but he yeah. actually cups his ear in the direction of the Britannia stand rather than the North stand, which was an interesting choice. Um, and it was at that moment that um, he became public enemy number one. Yeah, um, he loved Sipswich it, though, didn't he? And, and, yeah, I don't think um, I'd ever heard my mum swear before until that moment. <laughs> wow. Was it, was it the sea bomb? <laughs> I don't think she's ever said that go word. Pig or go home. Um, <laughs> it was colourful. Um, so we've got kind of this um, anti-hero for for Bowen and, and Holdsworth, who's who's going to um, put his stamp on this game one way or the other. Another person who's going to do exactly the same for Ipswich is one Jim Magilton, who um, had fleeting moments in the first leg. I mentioned that volley from outside the area that nearly. Um, dips in but um this is the start of just an amazing 90 minutes for Magilton um and another decision guys for us to debate um I'm, I'm not sure there's much debate in this one Magilton with a lovely one-two with Johnson gets the ball back on the edge of the area and Whitlow it is a kind of scorpion flick behind himself and and pulls Magilton down it's the first of many um sets of handbags um from the Bolton players around Barry Knight for a decision but um this is a no-brainer decision, is it? There's no arguments about this one, Joe. Yep, definite foul. More terrible conduct from Bolton. Mikey? Yeah, 100%. Yep. Consensus This is probably here. the most blatant. Yeah, and, and and this is also where... So I'm going to come back to it at the end. Bolton um, are going to get in trouble for this. More the second one, actually, than the first. But the, all of them are crowding around... Barry Knight. There's a lot of it's kind of Man United to um was it Paul Durso? Who was it who Man United Andy crowd? Durso. Andy Durso, sorry. I'm thinking Paul Durkin. Um mm. Andy Durso and and yeah, and this kind of gamesmanship is going on. Um Mergilton has plenty of time um to think about this one and it's a, a nice penalty, isn't it, Mikey? Dispatches it well. Yeah. Good height for the goalkeeper, um, but right in the side netting and uh yeah, he sort of seems to stop his celebration, celebrates in the face of Mike Whitlow a little yeah. bit. Um, I mean, Just a little, a little bit. Yeah. We, we're going to talk about Magilton, um extensively over the next half an hour or so, but the the Bolton players were clearly so pumped and so up for the game. The difference between them and Magilton was is that Magilton it was just controlled aggression, mm. just absolutely ma- man-possessed, yeah. but without without kicking people. Although, Joe, I think you're right. I think that is that was not a subtle celebration, was it, Why? <laughs> That's the one time where he kind of let it go away from him, right up in his grill, wasn't he? But a good moment. And good to stick it back to him as well. Um, yeah, so how are you guys feeling at this point? I mean, this is... Um, yeah, again, you kind of get you've you've come from you feel behind. Like now it's our, it's our time to take control of now again, don't you? You think, right, we're back on terms time to get back in front or in front yeah and it's not to be and um it's that man again holdsworth is gonna um again put um ipswich fans back on their seats in misery 39 minutes it's a foul on johnston by gary croft on the edge of the box and this goal um i just look i look at the video now obviously i couldn't see this at the time being the opposite end but 
Richard Wright here takes two crucial steps to his right here. It's, I'm yeah. not going to take any way, anything away from this free kick because this is a, a perfectly placed free kick, isn't it, from Holdsworth. But Richard Wright, if he takes those... He got caught out a number of times doing that in his career. I, I remember even like when we went up, that sort of David Beckham free kick on the first mm. home game is one where he's mm-hmm. gone a long way across. But it's a, it's a brilliant free kick from Holdsworth, yeah. isn't it? It's, off the post as there's, well. There's a, there's a lot of movement, isn't there? And I think he tries to get a view of it because there's there's so many bodies moving around it and it just yeah i think i think, I think about three ball. three players three bolton players run over the ball before he strikes it mmm. yeah and it just flies in off the post and it's like mm. there's a, and there's about eight hell, players in the wall as well and so right really doesn't he needs to trust his wall a little bit there but i i, I think those two have a watch of the goal again those two crucial steps just as he's walking uh, walking up to strike there's it there's a well. long way across isn't he as well yeah um, and again, having done the hard stuff, Ipswich find themselves behind again. Um, but big opportunity just before half time. Venus to Stewart um, with a lovely Magilton dummy kind of to let the ball pass through and reach Stewart on the edge. And to me, Richie, he stops the ball in, in, in moving, but he totally wipes out Stewart, doesn't he, guys? Where's our VAR mm. panel on this one? I think it's one of those ones where if it hadn't been given, I think you could have understood it because he does get the ball, but it's just the such an over-the-top challenge that he doesn't really even need to slide there. It's like he could get the ball just by sticking his toe out, but they're, yeah. they're so... As a team... Like I've spoken to Bolton fans about this previously, about that this game, and because this game wasn't on Sky, I don't think a lot of people would see how bad they were through the whole game they were so riled up they were so in the ref's face all game flying into ch- tackles and i say this one it was just a totally unnecessary challenge that you're giving the ref a decision to make and he does he does wipe out marcus stewart I mean, he he may get the ball but he, he two foots him in the calf effectively he so he absolutely wallops him doesn't he it's it's, it's, like, it's excessive force yeah and, and like i say i could see the argument for it not being given but i can't really I can't see anybody being able to stand up and honestly say that there's no way that should be a penalty. There are some absolute proper handbags. Toys get chucked out of the pram here. Warhurst. Warhurst, Whitlow and Bergson. You need to watch the video. Goodney Bergson looks like he's going to pop his head. His face is... He's got snarling teeth. He's got a red face. He turns away from night and looks straight down the barrel of the camera and then turn, turns around and goes back for more. This is a really nasty, spiteful little bit of um, histrionics from Bolton. Um, this is right in front of me, um, and um, people are shouting for yellow cards and red cards. I think um, I think possibly Holdsworth might get something here. I'm trying to remember back. I don't think Whitlow does. I don't think Bergson does either. Um, and again, more histrionics. Warhurst stops Bajilton from taking the penalty. Um, and has to have a speaking, oh yeah gets told off as well um, and yeah. Mikey you mentioned it in relation to the to the first penalty um, Jim tries more of the same and it doesn't work for him yeah I mean it's an almost identical penalty I think the ball's heading for the side of the side of the goal but Yaska line in this time is a proper full stretch and it's a brilliant brilliant save and even. Yeah, and then Yaska Linen turns to the Churchmans and yeah. gives it some, doesn't he? Really unfinished like behaviour from Yaska <laughs> Linen. 
I don't know. Um, what, I don't know what they but, were on before. I don't know what Allardyce has said oh for them before God. the game. Yeah, but they are yeah. and on. It, but it, it it added to the atmosphere, didn't it? Mm. Like I'm, I'm so glad all of these things happened because they they just made it the most perfect football match for an Ipswich fan. And and that is half time, guys. I don't think there's anything else of note there. Ipswich find themselves two one behind. Bolton are losing it a little bit, and Majilton has kind of gone from hero to villain within the space of about twenty minutes. Um, but. Shortly after half time, guys. I mean, this is. But it, I like saying it half time. It's, okay. it's one of those games. It's it's so bad tempered that you almost forget the score of the game at certain yeah. points, don't you? Just because it's, you almost forget that you're losing because it feels like it's such a battle you're in that you sort of forget you're behind. Yeah, it's a great shout. Yeah, yeah. I th- it's similar to the first game as well. It's because it's just so relentless as well. As you say, there's so much incident, and again, you kind of feel this game isn't over, um, despite um, it being half time and and. Majorton's going to come back again and Mikey and this is I mean there are so many legs and bits and pieces in the way here um, but yeah. it's a Venus ball yeah. and Johnson yeah, oh, I think Venus, Johnson's Venus fouled in ste- this stepping out from oh, you think it's fouled yeah well the, Venus again just stepping out of defence brilliantly and I think it he curls this one on the outside of his left foot um, and Johnson Johnson and Stewart were doing this all night they were just laying it off first time um, and yeah, he, he, I suppose he probably did get clattered, but Majilton just controls the ball dead, and then he just sort of weaves in and out. It's, it, he, he wasn't particularly quick, a little bit. Majilton, but he's but he's just taking so many touches, and that makes it so hard. And yeah, he weave, weaves in, weaves out, and then he absolutely lashes it across the Asker line into the top corner. And I can actually remember as he was running with the ball, I was still eating my um, sweets from half time. And I think as he started to get closer to the goal, I just sort of panicked and just shoved all of the sweets into my mouth. <laughs> and then when it went in, I couldn't even really shout because my mouth was just full of these sweets. But it was, yeah, as, a, as an eight-year-old kid, you just seen Majilton score the most brilliant goal and you got a mouthful of sweets. It doesn't really get much better than that, does it? And this is when I miss the old kind of old Norse stand because it's oh, not a big ground, is it? But the, it's just deafening in there, isn't it, Joe? electric atmosphere and the north stand in the olden days before it became two-tiered and had an open roof effectively that lets the noise escape the north stand on nights like these was it was a fearsome sound wasn't it even even on a bad night the north stand was still noisy just because that roof had just held the sound in so well but like i say when you compare it to nowadays i never sat in the north stand when it was like that and then but nowadays you get in it and it's I don't know, it's it's hard to create an atmosphere for the North Stand even. Yeah, and that was crucial on that night and an argument potentially that it influenced the referee potentially on certain decisions that are coming up later on. 50 minutes, guys, we've scored straight from the kickoff. It's a foul mm. um, deep in the bowl and half, pumped forward. Um, and um, Holdsworth does great here. You know, he holds off the defender, I don't know who he is, chests it into the path of Johnston. And you've got to be honest, Joe, this is a really lovely goal, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah, an absolute kick in the buff- absolute but- gut punch. This one because it just felt back again, sort of back on terms, and the way they went ahead straight away, it's just like this is not our night. This is it. This is sort of three times they've gone ahead, and sort of as soon as we try and get any sort of momentum or foothold back in the game, it's just stripped back from us. And I don't know. It just it's a really good goal, Alan Johnston, wasn't it? And sort of that's down at our end, and you just see the. Richard Wright sort of flailing mm-hmm. going for it and it's just oh. 
yeah. killer. I was looking straight at that coming towards the goal, and um, and you kind of knew it was going to go in as well. You kind of when it went in, you kind of thought, yeah, I, I did not need, did not need this having just taken the lead, but it was such a perfectly struck shot as well out of nowhere, and and I don't think anyone had really tuned into what was going on. Bolton are smart. It's quite a quick set piece, even the camera. Um, for the, yeah, for the highlights, don't yeah. pick up on it. Um, and Ipswich have it all to do again. Um, and this is when I, I've, I've just bigged up the North Stand, but there's about half an hour um, after this goal until um, Majoran gets himself oh, a hat-trick, yeah. where it goes really flat, doesn't Rich, it? Rich, just, 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 just one <clears> thing, though, that, that you didn't mention, is that we almost scored immediately from kickoff um after Johnston's goal. Um because Venus pumps one long and Johnson gets in and he makes a good connection. He asks a line. Yeah. Oh, is this the volley where he's falling over? It was, almost, it was almost three goals in, what, one minute of playing time? Just absolutely outrageous. <laughs> Just an outrageous game of football, wasn't Typical it? Typical for that game. In 65 minutes, Royster is brought on for Brown. I think town shift to a 4-4-2 here. Um, I'm not going to pretend that it makes any kind of noticeable difference. There's... Again, it's it's Bolton who are, are largely controlling it, which have sights. Um, but 79 minutes, this is a real problem. Scowcroft goes up for a header. Innocuous kind of looking header, and he's, he kind of lands awkwardly and immediately falls, um, feels for his hamstring. Um, and he he's, has to be brought off. And Richard Naylor comes on, and, and <laughs> he's going to have his moment in a few weeks' time back in 2000, Naylor, at Wembley. Um, but you wouldn't kind of... he's. He wasn't Scope my favourite. Been player of the season. Yeah, he? I was going to say, so, and and big loss. And Naylor hadn't really ever delivered the goods when when he kind of needed. He's a solid player certainly, but definitely a bench option. And you kind of got the feeling as the game was kind of ebbing away that we were just going to lose out. And yet, Joe, from seemingly nowhere, Venus again, Joe. Um, this is a Super this is a punt, isn't it? This is a. Who fit and hope it moment, isn't it? And what's Tony Mowbray yeah. doing up? What's he doing up there? Well, well, Mowbray's obviously been chucked up front, hasn't he, for the last few minutes? And he does like he could have had a career as a knockdown striker when you see the quality of this because <laughs> the ball is sort of it's nowhere really near him. And he gets across the ball sort of and from sort of like one side of it manages to sort of head it down the other way to lay it off for uh, Magilton, and it just sits there. Magilton shins it really, and it just. Jessica Lining doesn't move because it's sort of it's I don't, I don't, is it like a shin roller almost it sort it of rolls kind, down yeah. and flicks off and just goes straight in the corner and it's just the place erupts and I think when that went in I think there was no way we were going to lose from that point because I think Bolton were just so ragged at this point and they were so dirty they had probably had about four players on bookings at this point and were just they, I don't think they had anything left to go again at this point and when that went in and sort of famous Magilton celebration where he runs and slides down a Gary Croft and an unnamed member yeah. of the North Stand <laughs> joined yeah. him. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I say that is just so, the most, d- the surely best. One of, jobs, no. yeah, surely one of our listeners must know who was that guy in the blue jumper. I don't I've think, I've always wanted to know that. You can't get Dom for now. He said to Mike Whitlow in the first half. <laughs> Magilton's not happy to um, see him there, either. There was, there was another moment, I think it, it might have been a later goal, but I, I seem to remember after the limbs of one of those goals in front of the North Stand, a, a fan getting carried off on a stretcher. Oh, I don't remember and he that. Was, 
and he was sort of giving a fist pump at the crowd <laughs> as they as they were cheering him off. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Oh, I hope it's the last one. You don't want to miss any of any of this much. Um, I think um, I think Mogger gets a penalty here if he doesn't win the ball. I think Fish is fouling him, doesn't he? Yeah, but oh, I don't think they're back though, in. I'm not sure. I don't think it'd have been given. Um, but yeah, just one of those. I think one of those moments where you the immediate reaction is to cheer. The second reaction is, I think I laughed. I because th- the game has has it all, doesn't it? I mean, this is this is uh, in post Bobby Robson era. This is one of the most narrative laden, exciting games of football I think anyone has ever seen. Right? I mean, even the, as a neutral, the if- guy in front of me. This is um. The, the year before, so I, I was season to colder. So the year before, the guy in front of me had left when it was 2-2 because he didn't, or 2-1 was it, we equalised in the last, or we scored in the last minute of extra time, of injury time in the first the first year. And he'd left because he thought we were out and then he came back during extra time to watch the extra time. The same thing happened again this year. Because we were 3-2 down, he thought away goal still counted. So he'd left, <laughs> missed the goal, and came back for the extra time. It's like two years in a row. So did you not learn your lesson last <laughs> year not to not to do this? But him and his daughter left. It's just like... But it's one of those ones where you, there's kind of the rubbing the eyes, Jeff, or something like that. I can't imagine Twitter, someone following this on online in the current era, being out, you know, you'd run out of characters. Just unbelievable. And... And Joe's mentioned it—the kind of the pendulum swinging Ipswich's way—and and this is reinforced when a few minutes later, um, Stewart is gets in behind Mike Whitlow, who kind of falls over, <laughs> um, not particularly dramatically and not particularly violently either. Um, but Barry Knight's had enough, Mikey, and um, it's good night to Mike Whitlow. Do you think this is a harsh decision? I think this is a straight well, red. He should have probably been booked yeah, in the first I, I, half yeah. of the seven. Was a second, I always thought it was a second yellow, but it wasn't. It was a straight but, red. Yeah, Tony Jones says, harsh. yeah, it's a, it's a straight red, which, which, yeah, is incredibly harsh, but absolutely incredible that he hadn't already been booked. Yeah. And I wonder yeah. whether that was playing in Barry Knight's mind where he thought, I should have booked him. So if he does another foul, in the first half, I, I will yeah. give him a straight red. Because had... Obviously, it was a, a dodgy decision from a Bolton perspective. But had he have given him, had he have shown a yellow and then a red, it would have been hang on, you didn't give him the yellow in the first. <laughs> yeah, he so missed it one. Technically, it'd been wrong. So I, th- I think Barry Knight had a bit of a blinder there. Yeah. Well, I, and my, I mentioned uh, unbiased the, opinion. It's at the North Stand end, and I wonder whether that has a swaying impact as well because it's a buoyant North Stand at this point, and and seconds later as well corner from Royce flashes across and Johnson suddenly is in total in in acres of space relatively speaking in the penalty area but can't direct the ball on target that could have been that could have won it in the 90 minutes um Portman Road is um is bouncing at this point and we are into the lottery well not the lottery yet is it extra time I'm trying to get my cliches right um but guys we are feeling that I remember there being a lot of chatter a lot of noise between the end of the normal time and extra time starting. What is your mood at this point? Presumably, Mikey, it's bedtime, right? <laughs> yeah, had to go home. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. yeah, I went home. That was it. Yeah, <laughs> three all draw, take a point. Um, yeah, I, I think I was confident before the game and I'm sure that I was ultra confident at this stage. You, you don't go through the same emotions um, watching these sort of games as a kid. Um, but that doesn't mean that I look back on them any less fondly than anyone that was there as an adult. I can remember 
you feel excitement and euphoria just as much but you don't feel maybe the emotion you don't you don't you can't quite take it all in Mm. um but i remember being ultra confident at this stage against against 10 men yeah yeah 10 men and they were so ragged at this point as well i think it was just the heads i think they they knew that they were out at that point as well i don't i don't i think they knew that if it was going to extra time there was no way they were gonna sort of be able to survive the and the sending off joe as well yeah that was I've been in the post that red card for for one of their players, and as soon as you you lose a man, and you're playing against a team who can pass it around as well, um, they were always going to be up against it. Um, f- fifth minute, I think this is of of extra time, guys. Um, I mean, again, this is one where Bolton fans and and pundits um, seem to think this is harsh. The highlights, by the way or on YouTube from the Granada region as it was back then. You can listen to the commentary by Alistair Mann, I think Alice, it is. Alistair Mann, yeah. Um, he, quite strange, uh, it's quite a strange bloke, Alistair Mann. I've met him before. But, <laughs> Go on, Mike. Yeah, I think more. Tony Jones um, was the ITV Anglia um, commentator. So it, it wasn't like he was completely impartial. And you can sense that at times that because it, it benefited Tony Jones if Ipswich got promoted because then he'd be able to report on Premier League football. Mm. Um, and Alistair Mann was probably in the same position up in Lancashire. <laughs> the commentary is absolutely outrageous on the BBC Granada one. Mm. Just, <laughs> or ITV Granada, whatever it was. Just absolutely outrageous, like gunning for Barry Knight. Just so unbelievably biased towards Bolton. It was just ridiculous. I think at least um, Tony Jones yeah, talks through the incidents and kind of reaches yeah. a conclusion which is in Ipswich's favour, which aligns with the referee. But at least he justifies it here. Because this one is... Um, let me explain it to this through. Again, we've kind of um, talked about Ipswich's passing style, but a lot of these key moments come from Venus. Um, just threading direct balls where they need to go. Nailer, it is, involved in, he- in getting the ball ahead to it. Johnson goes up for another header. And Joe, what the hell is Paul Ritchie thinking about here because the ball is in, in Jaskolainen's sort of, isn't it yeah the ball's sort of between him and Jaskolainen and he just throws he just swings round and throws Johnson to the floor like a wrestling move it's mm. just again what are you doing like yeah the ball had gone but why are you throwing a striker to the ground in the box at any point yeah and and as I say the ball is back with Jaskolainen at that point anyway it just seems really petulant and um there's no um, chance for Majorton to redeem himself. He's taken two penalties at the South Stand end already that evening. Um, 50% strike rate. Jamie Clapham steps up. Mikey steps up. It takes him a while to place the ball. I, seem, I remember that. Um, yeah. How were your nerves at Jamie Clapham as a penalty taker? Because I'm not sure he'd ever taken yeah, one I don't for think us before. I, don't think I think he'd taken uh, yeah, one that season. Go on, yeah. If you, you might be right. I you're getting your Rothman's football work out, one. Jack. No, oh no, I can't find it. I'm just sure when I watched the highlights yesterday, I noticed him taking one, but probably not. Uh, yeah, so I remember, yeah, Jil- Magilton hadn't taken that many either, because um, I think David Johnson might have been. I oh know Venus was a penalty taker, yeah. and then Venus, Johnson. Yeah, v- Venus missed two in a week. Yeah. against Blackburn where Tranmere. we drew another one where we drew nil Tranmere. nil. Yeah. Then yeah. Johnson came and scored one and then missed one and then Magilton took yeah. the next one, scored it and then Yeah, actually... Magilton scored at Q- QPR. Very similar penalties against Bolton. And I was expecting Clapham to um to put it to the goalkeeper's left. Um 
and I'm still not sure whether he he meant to or where, straight down the middle <laughs> or whether he meant to go straight down the middle with his side foot if he did it's pretty ballsy but yeah um, yeah we'll take it well, he's, I guess <laughs> he's assuming that Yaskalainen was really committing to these wasn't he the second yeah, penalty is true, the yeah. one, as you say and I'll give him the credit there he just is a side foot finished right down the middle isn't it it's quite nonchalant yeah. very, but, very composed customer Jamie Clapham wasn't he mm. very composed yeah and Portman Road guys believes at this point this is um yeah this is starting to click um and... well this is done at this point isn't it it's almost like and then get the champagne out and then bolton become their worst mm. enemies here this is i mean this is stupid this is I mean, are, at this point kind of it's a little bit of champagne football side footing passing i'm um, in front of the portman stand i guess it would have been at that point um now the cobbled mm. stand um clapham lays it down the side for royster to chase onto. Um, and right in front of the Bolton lower tier supporters, Elliot flies into the back of him, doesn't he? That's and, an awful. T- that's a, and this was only a second. It's a second and, yellow, isn't it? And Jay, he's, yeah. he's moaning about it being a second yellow. That could have been two red cards. It's that bad. It's a it's a career ender. It's one. He's just flown into the, like no attempt to play the ball. Just just smashed into the back of his legs, two footed. Sort of into the middle of his calves. Horrible, horrible tackle. And they're moaning about getting a second booking for it. Yeah, there's, there's something really familiar about it as somebody that plays Sunday League football, watching Robbie Elliott not only do the tackle, but then um, just point at the ball. <laughs> as if to say, I won the ball. He looks like, concerned well, though, doesn't he? He does look really, concerned. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't really work like that. No, <laughs> like, no I got it. Looks... Yeah, that is the ball, but yeah. you didn't get it, mate. The ball's right there, ref. Yeah. Um, just and... nonsense. And that, to me, is like typifies where Bolton had got to at that point. You know, the tactic to to bully us fails. You know, in in fortunate circumstances, Ipswich kind of with the last minute equaliser, but the plan's out of the window now, and Bolton know it as as Joe Joe said, um, and it's a case of can Ipswich get another one? Nine men they're up against. I think we take it quite easy. Croft has Croft hits a long range volley that just dips onto the roof of the net, which is quite close. Um, Bolton have their moments as well. There's a there's a push forward here for Bolton, but the defence gets in and clears it. Johnson heads on to Naylor. Naylor holds off, I think, Richie and gets away from him. And this is poetry, guys. Who wants to talk through this goal? Because every time I think about this goal and I hear the commentary in my, in my mind, goosebumps for this moment. Joe, do you want to talk us through this one? It's just Royster, isn't it? He's away and he sort of shapes to come inside, but then just drags it across onto his weaker left foot and it's like just hammers it like an arrow into the top corner and when I was watching like I said when I was watching all this back yesterday you forget how good certain players are how well they can strike a ball and one is sort of Royce and and in the final Craig Hignett as well they just hit a ball like sort of lift little back lift and just absolutely hammer it it's like oh he's oh I I forget what it's like to watch good players because I've been watching league (laughs) one football all year you sort of you forget how how well could players strike the ball almost mm. and we've kind of mentioned it down to nine men Mikey but Naylor does really well here he creates this chance Royce is totally unmarked mm. isn't he but this is good from yeah, Naylor he, he absolutely bullies Richie um, just fairly takes it round well. him without, without yeah yeah he doesn't I don't think he drops his shoulder or anything like that he just uses his body and uses his pace and power and the air just to threads the perfect through ball and yeah, Royce has got no right to 
to score from that position on his weaker foot, but just absolutely whips it across the keeper. And the overriding memory for me was obviously it was just pure elation in the stadium, but seeing the um, fans on in the cobbled stand dancing on the executive boxes, I'd never yeah. seen that before. And I'm Only not sure I've sports. seen it since. <laughs> Only away supporters, yeah. It was just absolutely just brilliant, just mesmerising. But there's palpable um, relief, and, though, as well in that, isn't there, Mikey? Yeah. Uh, and watching back the, um, the, the highlights from the, from the whole season, you can hear a fan invade the commentary box and try <laughs> and shout down the microphone. It's for free! That's the Clapham one, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's another guy. <laughs> I, think, I think Tony Jones gets man-hugged by someone as well. You, think, you could hear someone go... Yeah. Rrr. Yeah, but he keeps he keeps his composure. Class act, Tony Jones. Yeah, good man, Tony Jones, and that and the commentary is part of the goal for me. I, I yeah, love watching that goal back. Um, yeah. And Ipswich are safe at this point. For once, there's no coming back for nine men. Bolton, though, in the last bit, they do have a corner where Richard Wright has to make a diving save, and Venus has to get his way in the rebound. Um, but that is full time. Now, big question. Which of you pitch invaded? Invaded the pitch, I should say. Did you get? I was on the allowed? pitch. Yeah, yeah, I was on there. <clears throat> well, I was only, uh, I only used to go with my sister, so we didn't have parents to stop us. So me and my <laughs> sister went down on the pitch, and um, I remember Marcus Stewart was being—he was like hobbling off, sort of having stewards carry him off, and one of the stewards like was like clearing his way and like smacked me in the throat. So I was like, oh, oh, couldn't breathe for the next bit, and then I went across and. Um, Nick some grass from the penalty spot nice. at the south stand end, and then we just sort of found our way home from that point. Brilliant, Mikey. Were you allowed? Well, uh, no, it would have taken a, a fair bit of time because we were in the the upper the upper tier. Um, but it was br- it was just brilliant to watch everyone running on the pitch as well. It wasn't like a, a tin pot pitch invasion like when Norwich beat us in the <laughs> playoffs. Sorry to use that word, tin pot. That's poor, but. I've yeah, expanded cliches all night, Mike. You could, you, could barely, you could barely see a patch of grass on the pitch. It was just just brilliant. And I, I remember admiring no, there was no as, as a kid. <laughs> no, no fraud. <laughs> Hopefully no nonces either. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I remember being really impressed when I first watched back the highlights. The moment the whistle blows, a young Ipswich fan jumps on the pitch from the cobblestone and dives on the ball. <laughs> right, right. And I'd like to think that he's still. I like to think that he's still got the ball. When you watch it back, when straight away you do see watch, that. Yeah, watch the ball. Yeah. I never noticed that. Um, I have to go and watch it. Yeah. Who are Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Well, we need to yeah. find who are you? Who yeah. invaded the pitch to to hug Magellan on the centre spot? Who's got the ball from the ninety nine two thousand playoff semi final? Um, so I'm yeah. on the pitch. And who who was the who was the guy that got carried off from the stretcher? Yes, um, absolutely. Amongst the limps as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I had, I had the moment on because at this point you could get crappy merchandise, lots of cheap looking flags with wooden cane sticks, and I got <laughs> sliced by someone all the way down my arm with his flag, oh, totally wow. oblivious. I don't think I he drew blood, but I had a scar for a good few days. That kind of ruined. Similar to your moment, Joe. I kind of, and then I. And yeah, I, I think I think there's a lesson to be learnt here, isn't there? About well, about what? <laughs> Don't go on the. We pitch. shouldn't invade the pitch. <laughs> wow, 
Let me once. It's worth Mikey. it. I'm never going to again. I'm not allowed to anymore. But I, I, you don't care. I didn't, and I didn't uh, really notice it. And there's this kind of weird moment where there's whispers that Sheepshanks or Burley want to come out, or the players want to do a lap of honour. The players never rematerialise. But a very cool. It's like the end of a night of a wedding um, disco where everyone makes a circle. And the kind of married couples stand in the middle, and everyone dances around them. But Sheepshanks, do you remember Sheepshanks and Burley doing a little speech? A little bit embarrassing. Um, no. Burley says, "We're not going there just to, for a good day. We're going there to win," or words to that effect. Um, but Sheepshanks holds Burley's arm aloft like he's won a boxing match. It's a little <laughs> bit, yeah. I, li- I just remember coming nice. out of the ground and just being there was <clears> cars, <throat> horns beeping everywhere. Yes. It was like. Yes. Uh, not something I'd experienced in Ipswich before. It's sort of the sort of thing you expect when you're like a major tournament or in like Portugal or somewhere where everyone's just going around honking car horns and Yeah. Yeah, I remember my dad letting me let me honk the horn for the first time in <laughs> absolute scenes. Three years of her guys all saved up and expended in that one moment there and um I, I, t- I took my mate to the game rather i usually go with my d- old man but he didn't go i think he might have been in corporate or something and my mate had a latin exam the next day that's a another example of the kind of laughs that we had at the school that you, joe and i went to um <laughs> i didn't know because i didn't do latin um <laughs> i'm revealing too much aren't i calculus est in horto calculus des pater in it yep need to cut that bad boy out that's one for the uh Latin crew. And people and pe- people say I'm the posh one on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, we'll deal with the, with the final. And we've got plans for the final, um, which we'll divulge when the time comes. There's some logistical bits and pieces we need to get there. But there's some post-match incident that I need to tell you about. And, and we've already mentioned it as well. Bolton are bitter after this. They still... It's about a decade... I don't think Barry Knight ever gets a Bolton game ever again. After the game, Bolton boss Sam Allardyce um, says the following. Um, he could have done, he, Barry Knight, could have done untold damage to this football club that will be felt over the next two years. You just don't know how long it might take us to get into a position like this again. He should be made accountable, Mikey, for what he's done. Words just can't describe how I feel. I don't think he should ever be allowed to referee a game again. I can't believe what happened to us out there because of an official. I'm not saying all three, all three penalties, but at least one of them was wrong. But he's given three decisions, booked ten of our players and sent two of them off and given nothing against the opposition. Um, bitter much? He's on <laughs> yeah. strings there, isn't Sounds he, Mikey? Like- Sounds like we were living rent-free in his head. <laughs> well, Barry Knight was for about 10 years, yeah. Um, he said that Barry... And then he, I think yeah, years later I've, he said I've he had I've got a, a little anecdote on, on that that I'll come to after after we've covered the final. Um, oh, okay. Nothing too exciting. But, um, yeah, I'll keep my powder dry on that one for All now. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, just, I just felt that Bolton, he'd, he'd had them so fired up for this game, but they they just totally lost their heads and... I so I think if anybody like I had a like my housemate at uni was a Bolton fan who's from Framlingham so I don't know but his dad was from up that way so he was from Framlingham but supported Bolton and um so this was in what 2003 2004 and um he used to go on about Barry Knight all the time and this was back before the days of being able to just whip stuff up on YouTube so after one Christmas break I had to bring my blue heaven 
DVD <laughs> back back with me to uni, where we all just sat down and watched it, like me and all our friends who were neutrals and the Bolton fan, and none of them could believe the sort of conduct of the Bolton players through throughout the game, and it, and that sort of shut him up for a bit after that, really, because it was like. I don't think he'd seen it back. And I think, like I mentioned earlier, I think one of the big issues was this game wasn't on Sky. So Allardyce almost has a free reign to say what it wants. Where the reality is only 2,000 Bolton fans actually saw what happened here mm. and actually saw the whole game, saw the context of the game, saw how bad they were. And they had 10 bookings compared to ours, none, because we were not a dirty side. We, we didn't really commit fouls. We didn't have any sort of dirty players in our team. We had sort of good footballers. And I say, it's just like saying if the crazy gang of Wimbledon played sort of Pep's Man City that you'd expect more Wimbledon players to get booked than Man City players because they just kicked them, kick them all game. And they just came out and tried to bully us and bully us and bully us. And they totally lost their heads. And the ref, I, I don't really think I thought the worst decision of the lot was probably not disallowing their first goal, but I might be a little bit. In your, un- in your unbiased opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things I'm, I'm going to try and get done is, Exactly that, Joe. There's a few um, of the guys on Twitter, the kind of pundits or the bloggers for League One and the Championship. I'm gonna. One of them's called Benjamin Bloom. I don't know who he is. I'm. I'm gonna um, put the highlights together so they can watch the game and tell me whether they agree with the referee or not. So I think I'm. That's what I'll. I've always wanted to do that for years. I'm gonna try and get that done before. Um, maybe on the anniversary of that match. Um, two weeks later, just to add. Um, there's cu- I've got a couple more bits before we sign off and kind of get your memories of, of how you felt before going to Wembley. But two weeks later, um, Magilton and five Bolton players are charged with misconduct. Um, it's Klaus Jensen, Paul Ritchie, Goodney Burks and Johansson as well. I don't remember him getting involved too much, um, but Paul Warhurst certainly did. Allardyce is charged for misconduct for, for those comments that I've just made as well. Um, and... Two years later, when Ipswich played Bolton again um, in the league, in the Premier League, 2001-2002 at Portman Road, um, Allardyce is off on one again. What happened that night was despicable and indescribable. I hope nothing like that ever happens again. That's he even long mentions it in now. his autobiography he does, as well. Yeah. He was particularly bitter about Ida Johnson and Klaus Jensen being sold as they were the next season. Um, but particularly classless from um, Allardyce there. Um, but Ipswich really don't care. Magilton, I don't think he's reprimanded. He's, he plays the final, so I think presumably it's a fine. Um, but guys, um, we talked about Barnsley of the opponents at Wembley. Are you feeling optimistic, Mikey, back in 2000? Uh, yeah, I I think so. We'd, we'd beaten them. As we mentioned a couple of times, six six nil at home, two nil away. Um, I can I can remember the weeks leading up to this game, or well, the week leading up to this game. I think my parents were having like a an old an old garage at the end of the back garden, which was my football pitch. They were having it knocked down, and I can remember just playing football in that garden and playing in my head what was going to happen and commentating it obviously I think Scowcroft was still going to play and score the winner because he was my favorite player at the time and I and for some reason I stupidly remember I if I hit the ball near where the shed was there was ladders up I used to purposely walk under the ladders because I was desperately trying to prove a point to my mum that 
uh, it wasn't bad luck to walk under ladders. <laughs> oh, wow. And it was driving her absolutely mad because she thought I was giving no, it switch all of the bad luck. It. But... Cheating family or cheating medical science. That's the one. A <laughs> yeah, joke. But she, she'd argue that she threw salt over her shoulder or something yeah. that, that gave us good luck. But <laughs> Exactly right. And yeah, I, I, it feels like I just, a big gap to as me. Soon as we, yeah, as, as soon as we won the semi, I just didn't ever think we were going to lose in the final. I don't know whether that was just because I was young, naive, but it just felt like just it felt like once we beat Bolton and we were going to Wembley that it was written in the stars that we were going to win there because of because of what we'd been through the previous years, how how we probably should have gone up before that, how we we were the best team in the league, we'd got over those hurdles, and it just it just felt like okay, well now we're going to go and win it there. And I remember going to get my tickets. It was where you had to sort of queue up around the whole ground. I was a season ticket holder, but I remember sort of one of my friends had sort of like he used to buy tickets for the game and he could get about five tickets for his whole family because I think you need four or five tickets for each game. So he had enough stubs to get loads of tickets where again, only me and my sister could go. So we um, joined the queue around by the old ticket office, snaked all the way round and up into the old gym was where they were selling the tickets. Yes. And um, oh yeah, it's just, it's, it's so long ago. I had like, I had a check from my like a blank check from my dad, which I had to write out when once we got to there, and I like wrote it out to buy the tickets, and then realised we needed to get like the coach tickets <laughs> as well. So I had to update this blank check that I'd been given and cross it all out, and in like kids writing to hand it in. But I don't know if they ever cashed it. I presume they did. But we we had our tickets and our coach travel sorted, and we're ready to go. Brilliant stuff. I sent my old man. He went down and got my tickets. So. But more on him in the in the final because there's a there's a he effectively abandons me at Wembley to go and sit with his mates. So um, it's not, it's not all good. But um, but yeah, it just felt like a huge massive gap to me to the final um, and playing over the events of that that match. And we're still talking about it. Twenty I years think I had on. Head for a exhibition ex, expedition between the semi-final and the final, and I had a I had a flag, a Wembley flag, which I'd bought in town, and then I bumped into Gary Croft and Jermaine Wright in HMV, and I got them to sign my flag, and I had it on my tent during my Duke of Edinburgh ex, expedition. Love that, and it, it I mean, fast forward twenty years, guys, and that kind of these kind of events, these goals, the the quality of these players. Just it feels like it's twenty years ago now, doesn't it? I mean, I just got rubs salt into the wounds watching these games back, where we've got players who can score all types of goals, got a passing, attractive football, and the Premiership is the ambition as opposed to Championship. It's um, it's quite stark, isn't it? Sadly, or at the moment, the ambition is to just start playing football again, isn't it? That'd be nice. Mm. Mm. I left you with the, that was a question but I think I've just I've just ended on a sour note um, how do I how do I swing it back let me do a plug I'll do a plug um, we've got um, Stat and Dave the, this week in ITS History guys are doing a 1980-81 special in a similar kind of vein to the 99-2000 stuff that um, we've put out I think it'll be more of a saga like Star Wars or Lord of the Rings it's going to be epic kind of three hour long sessions i think so um keep a lookout for that particularly if you weren't around you know, we've gone back in time 20 years on this show um but even further um back to eighty eighty one before any of us were born so um if you want to remind yourselves what it was like to be champions of europe ish 
the second tier um, title in Europe um, and potentially win the league championship and get to the semi-finals of the FA Cup as well I think um, yeah. then yeah even more memories of how far we've fallen so um, keep a look out for that on um, our YouTube channel and our Twitter all this stuff will be on Apple Monday ITFC guys that's that's all I've got any other memories that you want to share no not at the moment. Well, one, one, one for me that that I that I'd forgotten. Um, I remember the next the next morning at school writing a like a match report, um, and I'd actually been banned by my year four teacher from writing about football because my diary of my weekend always used to just be: I got up, I played football, I went to Portman Road and watched football, and then on Sunday I watched Football Italia. Um, and she'd banned me from writing about football, which was quite typical of the primary school I went to in Woodbridge. Um, but after that game, um, I wrote a, pretty much a full match report, and she actually um, came to me to tell me it was really good. So oh, there you go. And who knows? Would would I be sat here now? Exactly. Had right. I have not been to that game. Sliding doors moment for Mikey <laughs> Pentismith. Love that. That's yeah. a nice poignant moment. Went on. Mikey, where can we find you on Twitter and more of your match reports and articles and? pieces of short form content yeah. i suppose it's not that poignant because i'm not actually a writer but um ah, i leave that to, media i leave that to the wordsmith such as mullet uh so you can find me at mikey underscore smith 13 and joe where can we find you just at joe fairs just at joe fairs good stuff you can find me at Ipswich. and you can find our channel at blue monday itfc and all the fun stuff that we're going to try and have for you over the next few weeks and or months depending on how much this i'd forgotten all about the c word guys and it's not that c word it's the um the other one that's on the news all the time it's nice hopefully there's been a nice distraction from the i thought C-ness. you meant the championship for a <laughs> championship, yeah we don't have to worry about that anymore that's the uh, c word that's banned in portman road um good stuff guys right i'm gonna leave you to it i'm gonna wish you um safety and to you and your significant others and then everyone else and we'll be back with more well, we'll be back with the final, certainly. And if you want more pub quizzes, give me a shout and keep a lookout for 8081 stuff. Mikey, I'll let you have the last word. Yep, be careful what you wish for. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.